0: Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Make Things Make Sense Today we're discussing 8 steps to running a successful workshop As you all know, workshops are a really good way to get the right people in the right place at the right time They're a way to ensure commitment to solving an issue And if done right, a surefire way to align all stakeholders in the right direction Josh, how are you today? Hey Alex, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be to be here and I'm
1: really looking forward to today's podcast. Let me give you some uh, foresight on what we're going to be discussing. So we're going to be looking into uh, workshops and how, how powerful they are as a tool. We're then going to go through eight of our top tips for how to run a successful workshop. We have snuck in two bonus tips. And then we're, as always, going to give away an awesome resource which you can utilize, plug that directly into your business. And we're also going to share a personal story, uh, a specific workshop which um, had an unexpected
0: outcome. Indeed. Okay, we're going to jump right into this one. No fluff, let's hit it. We've all been in tough situations where people with common goals seem to have opposing ideas on how to reach them. Or worse, no idea how to reach them at all. This is where workshops come in. Whether they are following a specific module like the brand DNA workshop we shared in our last podcast or whether you're brainstorming with set rules, also known as game storming. A great book a good friend shared with me many years ago that really changed the way we develop our custom workshops to help our clients reach their desired future states. Tip or step number one, prepare for the workshop. Here's a sentence with a lot of P's that highlights the importance of preparation. Hope you're ready. I'm like Buster Rhymes. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. <laughs> Proper preparation prevents poor performance.
1: That's actually really easy to remember. It's alliteration. You all know I love alliteration. I talk about it all the time. Proper preparation prevents
0: poor performance. There is no excuse to not be prepared now we've got that. So now this is a big, big step with lots of bits to it. So number one, set a workshop goal. When the expectations are not properly set and the goal of your session is not defined, the workshop will quickly devolve into unproductive conversations and your team will probably become demoralized. You should finalize the attendee list and gather pre-meeting feedback. So really do this, right? Involve everyone who will be part of the workshop as well as important stakeholders, whoever understands the budget, the sales team, CEO, marketers, customer service reps, you name it. Make sure that those in the workshop are in the right mindset, right? That you've given them time to think about what they're coming in to discuss, time to prepare what the main topics are. And if the, let's say, C-level suite aren't in that workshop, make sure they're on board with the direction this workshop is going to go in if it's a major game changer for the company. Now, if you've told everyone to prepare, one of the biggest preparation tools, and of course, this is if you're talking about something like maybe HR strategies or marketing strategies or sales strategies, something external, then do look at your competitors. Who are your competitors and try and perform a SWOT analysis on them to analyze what they're doing and bring something a bit more relevant to the table rather than being in the workshop at the time wishing you had just done it. And the last tip in the preparation step is prepare an agenda and send this out before, right? Have a clear agenda for the workshop, predefined, and don't forget to finalize how long the workshop is going to run for. Workshops can take a fair amount of time and energy and people need to pace themselves in the process.
1: Step number two. Start your workshop with impact. I always love to start with an icebreaker myself. Um, I'm going to tell you about one of those cool icebreakers we did recently. But you need to set the t- set the scene for your entire workshop in your opening to it. So you have to have impact at at the start. You may use music. I've often seen um, workshop leaders start with um, music playing or a song, a skit. You can chuck some chuck a joke in there. In there, try and make it memorable try and make it engaging and exciting the icebreaker we did um, w- which was really um, cool we asked businesses to think of an animal that their brand represented and everyone found it hilarious at first and like what how is our an animal that that icebreaker was a way of getting impact
0: in the workshop in the first moments so start with impact and and break the ice it was also a great way to get people thinking the different side of their brain, right? To, to access that creativity part. How are you all of a sudden thinking of this company that you've been working and bleeding and sweating in and crying in, all of a sudden a cute furry animal or a snake or something? So it really does give it that nice little creative twist that, that brings people into, into the conversation.
1: Yeah, that's really cool, Alex. And also, uh, at the beginning of the workshop, create some buzz, generate some hype about how the workshops provide, uh, generate great results and how together the people in the room are going to creatively solve their own challenge.
0: Okay, step number three, arguably could be step zero because this one does take some prep work from, from the team. Uh, we've spoken about this before um, overall as one of the things that our company does, but that's really learning about your team's personalities and also speaking styles. Um, I'm going to start off with speaking styles, where you can Google this. There's a lot of really good videos out there and by the 100X leader. Essentially, you want to understand if people speak in the provisional, which is basically what I do. Everything I say is an idea and it's out in the open, ready for debate. I'll put it out there. It can be discarded just as quickly. Speaking in the planned. Where people who generally speak in the plan, they're a bit more introverted. They've really been thinking about what they want to say and they're going to put it forward at the right time. And they're looking for a bit less debate or if there is debate, it's more constructive criticism than quick fire changes. And finally, speaking in the promise. That is usually goes from the provisional to the plan to the promise where hey, this is what's 100% happening. Even just knowing those basics and you just self-analyze and discuss it with your team is already already going to help your your method of communication. If you have the time, you can do things like disk profiles, Myers-Briggs tests. There's just so many of these tests out there that will help you even just give you color to one another to know if someone's more direct, someone's more supportive or conscientious, and just having that basic understanding of one another's personality types in an intense workshop can really make the difference. A huge part of it is that aside from enabling you to leverage someone else's personality and communicate better, it also gives you a good time for introspection to see how you can be a better team player. Step number four get creative
1: in a workshop creativity is like super critical uh, because you're going to be utilizing this workshop to rethink something to redesign something through our gainstorming methodology we use simple exercises to solve extremely complex problems around target audiences around direction so there's no such thing as a bad idea people need to feel safe in a workshop environment to to share their ideas and also, if things are going off track, have a way of how to bring it back
0: on track, set time caps and never put somebody down. Step five, don't get derailed. These workshops can often go off topic, especially if you don't have external experts running the workshop for you. It's critical that you keep everyone focused on the agenda and don't waste any time going off track. It can really ruin the flow of the workshop and have huge impact on the outcome. As hard as it may be, avoid any unnecessary breaks. Avoid breaking the focus of the overall group. Just run your workshops with your phones on silent, emails off, all chats off, really just focus. Think to yourself, when was the last time I was in a group session with like-minded individuals all trying to solve a problem? Or, if you prefer to think of it from a financial perspective, your five-minute phone call could throw the other five people in that room off for 15 minutes. So let's say that each of those people has a value of, I don't know, 50 euros per hour. That 50 euros per hour times 15 minutes times five people just cost your company 937 euros and 50 cents. Is the phone call worth it or is your focus worth a thousand euros? I'd argue it's even more uh, expensive
1: because if you had a three hour time cap for this workshop, you've just wasted 15 critical minutes. You may not solve what you went in there for, which what's the cost of that? Who knows? All right, step number six. Intelligent documentation. Documentation is pivotal to the success of a workshop. There is key information that will be extracted through that workshop, which must be stored. Now, I like to run workshops with a set framework. Since um, social distancing and working internationally with clients around the world, we started using a technology called Miro, which is a secret weapon for running workshops online. It's so intuitive. It takes everything good about sticky notes and a whiteboard and gives it to you across, uh, across the internet. So that's one of our secret tips, uh, which you should use to document your workshop framework. And I would also advise having a note taker in the room, if, if, the, if that makes sense, to
0: capture what goes on around the exercises. Awesome. Step seven, end on a high note and create a follow-up plan. The roadmap you develop within your workshop no matter the problem you're trying to solve is fundamental you must end with a solid summary and a clear follow-up plan this is the first step towards your new strategy if possible use smart goals and make sure everyone has their action points with clear timelines send the results out within 24 hours of finishing the workshop and ensure that everyone who was in the workshop has replied to you within 48 hours Acknowledging what you've sent out and agreeing and understanding the next steps. Clarity is key. Step number eight. Do you remember that time that you were
1: too hungry to think about anything? All you could think about was how hungry you were. (laughs) That's where this step stems from. Provide healthy nourishment in a workshop, especially if you're in, in a room for over three hours or so. Add something nice and nourishing like fruit We use naked bars here, which are a hit. They're very healthy and tasty. Nothing too sugary, nothing too caffeinated, nothing too distracting. But do provide nourishment, and that would keep your team
0: focused and engaged for the duration of the workshop. 100%. The preparation of the room is, is a really, really big part. So those, I would say, are our eight steps to a successful workshop. But if I may, I'm going to throw in a couple of bonus tips. One thing I like to do, and I do this in all the workshops I run, but I also employ this in as many meetings as possible, is ask for a score from 1 to 10 from everyone who's in the workshop. And if anyone gives you a score less than 8, ask them in front of everyone, why is it less than 8? How can we do better? Sometimes it was someone was distracting you by using their phone. Sometimes the time wasn't long enough. You never know the in- input or output you're going to get from it, but... These tips can enable you all to hold each other accountable to having better and more productive workshops the next time around. Tip number two, no matter who it is, or actually that does really matter, I'll retract that as quick as I said it, I do really strongly suggest having someone from outside of your organization or if you're a large enough company, outside of the initial or existing decision-making team who can run the workshop for you, someone who is ideally completely unbiased to the outcomes of that workshop. And that would enable the attendees to think creatively and actually having someone that isn't biased at all to what it is you're discussing is going to, they're going to unpick things that someone who really knows the subject matter in depth might not be picking at as people come with more creative ideas. So those are just kind of two bonus tips from, that I wanted to add. I don't know if you agree with those, Josh, but I thought they were relevant.
1: Definitely. We've, we've done both. We've done workshops in, led internally and also with external uh, support, external specialists. And I'd say that the outcomes are, are different. Normally, we do longer workshops, which are with our guides, uh, our mentors. Uh, I love your tips, Alex. very good. And I, I also love it when you ask for a score on ten because it shows that you actually care about the feedback of the people in the room and you implement uh, improvements based on that score. So yeah, top on, top on tips. Now I'm gonna share a little story. I'd like to share a story about the workshop just to show how powerful running a workshop can be for solving an issue this was a particular workshop which we ran with two business partners they've been in business for for many years and um, through one of the exercises in our brand DNA workshop we realized quite clearly that each of the business partners the directors the co-directors of this business had a different vision for where the brand was going in the next five years completely different and this was something that was never discussed between them before we ran through exercise two on our on our brand workshop the outcome was incredible we we had at the end of that identified the difference identified the differences in the vision unpacked that and then created a unity around where the business was going and that's Shaped the future of of the company, so this was a really powerful outcome, which we witnessed firsthand, and um, just underlines how powerful a good workshop is when following these eight steps and bonus tips. So that's my personal tip, uh, personal story from our experience as growth gurus. And we also, as always, have a free resource. We have got a done for, like a template of our brand DNA workshop which you can get from growthgurus.com slash podcast. So when we're talking about the frameworks and the the planning, you can see in there, there's a step-by-step guide on how to run that workshop, which you can download and you can utilize that as a framework to create your own workshops, which will hopefully bring out tremendous results for your business. That is actually all from us. Alex,
0: any final words? No, I think we wanted to make this one impactful and straight to the point, And that was the goal. Um, I hope you guys value it. And as always, please ke- keep sending us your feedback. We really appreciate it. It's just those who are sending feedback, you can hear we're doing our best to implementing it. It's molding the way we create these things. We love this being a two-way com- communication. So yeah, just thank you. Bro.
1: And as always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Send this to anyone who you think will impact from it. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, podcast on Spotify. Can't wait to the next episode. We're signing out for today. Thank you very much.